Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church as we interview our members and other friends of the ministry. We want to start by personally inviting you to our summit meetings this Sunday through Wednesday at the church. We have two services Sunday morning, one at 9 a.m., the other at 11 a.m. We'd love to see you at either of those. The service will continue to be available via live stream, which you can find at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We'll also be having services 6 p.m. Sunday evening, and then at 7 p.m. Monday through Wednesday of this week. We'll talk more about that today on Harvest Time. Let's begin the program by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. Yeah, this is an exciting week for us coming up the weekend and then the few days after that. It's something that we look forward to as a church uh, every year. It's an annual set of meetings that we've been having for, I don't know, quite a few years here. Um, And in fact, maybe doubly excited this year because we missed them last year. Uh, I'm super glad to have with us uh, on uh, Harvest Time today from uh, the States, actually from Salt Lake City, Utah, but it's great to have uh, Pastor Will Galkin. Welcome, Will. First of all, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you so much. And uh, we had you scheduled to come last year at this time, and of course, with everything going on in the world and and some challenges for travel. That didn't happen. We had you zoom in, I think, for, for a couple of meetings, but we're so glad to actually yeah. have you live and coming on out to Island. Well, thank you so much. I'm actually looking forward to it. And I, I probably should have counted up how many times we've been out there. We've been out there more than three, maybe five times, actually. Yeah, actually. So we have the data, <laughs> and uh, it's this will be your fifth time, from what I hear. So your fifth time. And I oh, think I great. heard a couple times with your family, right? Or at least you with your wife? Yeah, one time we were um, we did a kind of a missions trip through uh, some of the Micronesian islands and then Australia, and then did you know one of these equivalents. I forget if it was a spirit week or a um, summit meeting, Uh in conjunction. So, yes. And that, you know, our children, I, I was, I was uh, kind of laughing because one of them was, I think um, we just paid for our oldest ticket. She was three and we worked the the ticket. So we didn't have to pay for our next one. He turned to the day we got back to the mainland. So <laughs> uh, experienced travelers figure that stuff out. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you. Chris already introduced some of the the meeting schedule. It's a lot. I know he gave you a lot of information there, but it really just means we're going to meet on our normal times, Sunday morning and Sunday night. And then we have three special services, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, each of them at seven o'clock. And as Chris mentioned, you can go online and find out the details about those meetings. But we're, we're super looking forward to having you here. And I know that God's been preparing your heart and we feel like God's been preparing our hearts for your ministry, and uh, so thank you for for being willing to come. Well, thanks so much. Looking forward to it. It'll, it'll be honest pretty soon here. I'm going to be getting on a plane in about, uh, I think, a day and a half here. Yeah. All right. You're all set for that. And I know you've been traveling uh, already quite a bit, so we'll fit that in. Uh, Will, I didn't even mention this. Will is right now on the pastoral team at Gospel Grace Church uh, in Salt Lake City. And I think you've been on that team in some capacity for, I don't know, eight or nine years. Is that right? 
Yeah. Uh, since 2012, we started, um, started the church in 2012, but didn't chart it till 2013. And so it's been, um, nine years now, uh, that we've been going at this adventure and, uh, you know, I know this, uh, the interview is not really about that, but I, I, it's been a great, wonderful experience to see God build his church right there in Salt Lake city. I am interested in that. Yeah. We want, we want to talk about the summit meetings, but it's part of your story of how God's prepared you. Uh, you went with a church planning team. There's sort of a network of, uh, you know, some burdens that you guys have for that area, right? Yes. Um, there's, but there was four of us, myself included, uh, 2011, we were able to, um, uh, relocate to Salt Lake City. There was about uh, 40 other people that also joined us. And um, we were able to have a good uh, beachhead of a church plant. And over the years, I mean, ups, downs, all around. Mm. And yet to see people saved, discipled, uh, we now have five pastors. Uh, one of the pastors that joined was actually a gentleman that actually was with us the second week of our startup. Hmm. And he just uh, has grown in grace and uh, it's gotten a couple degrees and now he's one of our elders and it's just, uh, it's just so awesome. It's a needy area, right? In Utah in oh, general, wow. but Salt Lake city in particular. Yes. It's um, you know, it's, it's an, they, they really considered an unreached people's group. Um, it's less than 3% evangelical, but it's, it's because there's more Christians today than there's ever been in its entire history. So that's why it's an unreached people's group. And uh, there are, there are people that, you know, their grandparents and their grandparents and their grandparents have never truly heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so um, it's, it's one of those places you, you know, you just, you can go up, that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, by God's grace, there's been, we've been a part of a church revitalization and then we just planted another church. And so gospel, Peace Church had its chartering service last Sunday. Awesome. Um, uh, just so fulfilling. I mean, uh, and, you know, numbers aren't everything, but there were 170 or 180 people in attendance at chartering service. Wow. And, you know, um, you know, there's some well-wishers in there, and uh, but there were a number of guests from the community, and uh, they, they uh, it'll probably settle around about 80 to 90 folks here. Mm-hmm. But to to start the church, even that's a great number of folks to start with. And they had uh, three two, Sunday before they had three baptisms, which mm. is really neat. Yeah. And uh, we're just praising God for any forward momentum in, in Utah. I got lost in Salt Lake city one time when I was 13 years old. That's <laughs> another story. I'll tell you that one later. Um, yeah. That's crazy because the streets are built on a grid. Like every street is uh so many blocks east, west, south, north from the temple. So we probably need to talk about some of your geographical I was, difficulties. I was well. 13 years old and I did oh, just right. leave a, a bus stop, but I'll, <laughs> it's, it is a long, interesting story. So <laughs> I'll look forward to hearing it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, church planning, I mean, that's really what's happening yes. there and, and revitalize, revitalization of a church. Uh, that you've been involved in the church for a long time, but many years as a traveling evangelist. Um, in fact, maybe I could back you up even from there. Tell me a little bit about your spiritual story and then what brought you to this idea of what what traveling as an evangelist means. Oh, great. Okay, so I grew up in Idaho and uh, parents, first-generation Christians. Uh, I had 
plans for my life and God's plans were different. And mm-hmm. he just, he just kind of dropped me into a Bible college up in the North woods of Wisconsin. And um, it was there. I, I began to pursue the Lord and God began to just make a way for me. Uh, I began traveling with uh, another gentleman. His name is Steve Pettit. Mm-hmm. And for uh, about three years, I traveled with him. And then um, my, my future wife also joined that team single. And then we got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I peeled out, got a master's degree, but then Christy and I then traveled with that, the Pettits again for another three years. And then we started on our own. And really since 1995, I've been connected to some form of itinerant ministry, either with somebody or on our own. And we've always had teams and uh, we'd go into a church and we'd preach the gospel. We'd have concerts. We'd um, do other things to equip the church, training seminars, and uh, and even more exhortational preaching. And uh, so we did that. Uh, for, for many, many years. And about 10 years ago, just began to realize our, our family, our children, if they're going to make it in a post-Christian world, they need to really love church. And how are they going to love church if we're uh, skipping church? Not, not, not skipping being in church, because I mean, we were in church homes every night of our life, right, but to be yeah. part of a church. And so that's what started the church planning adventure uh, in conjunction with that night. I actually kind of feel like our in our gift set in doing what we call the work of the evangelist just, just really fits in whether it was itinerant preaching of the gospel or whether it's, you know, stationary planting of a church that's only done by seeing converts, you know, especially in, in an assault Lake context to have people that just are, are equipped to either motivate or equipped to um, uh, well, let me say, or can equip other believers or actually do the work of the evangelist uh, in and of themselves. Those are those are needed pieces in a church plant. And so we just try to help motivate and mobilize um, folks to, you know, advance the gospel in these church plants here in Utah. And it's just an extension really of what we did itinerarily week to week to week uh, in those other churches. And so we still uh, we still take some meetings out and try to, and it's really to, to you know, do our gifts, but also it's, it's to connect other churches with what God's doing in Utah. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm sure for a lot of people, the idea of, you know, packing up your family. I mean, you traveled in a travel trailer, right? You lived on the road for a number of years. That just probably seems so foreign to many people, I'm sure, that are listening. Yeah, it it took us a while to get used to a house that didn't move. (laughs) So, um, you know, the nice thing about living in a trailer is you don't accumulate stuff. Yeah. And if you were to ask my children, you know, like people all the time will ask them, so what was your favorite place in traveling? And they'll just go next, you know, they're always on to the next adventure. Our kids uh, missed the road. They loved it, but they're thankful for how God's led us here at Salt Lake as well. And um, when people asked us where our our favorite place was, it just wasn't fair. I mean, we were in, um, you know, New England in the fall and Florida in January and, you know, California in, in March. And I mean, that's. That's living the ministerial dream right there. Yeah, you know, I've said for a long time, uh, encourage people to live with shallow tent pegs. Um, oh, sort, yes. You know, sort of the idea that uh, we are strangers and pilgrims on this earth. And yeah. God does desire most of us to plant in a place like you are doing uh, now with yeah. your family. And of course, understand those those uh, specific needs family-wise. But there is some sense of it where you guys lived out that sort of pilgrim and sojourner's yeah. reality of the Christian life, right? Yeah, it's a great word picture. I mean, just because we traveled didn't make us pilgrims, yeah. but it sure gave us 
um, award picture and it forced us to hold things loosely. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, um, and that's how I want to live though. You know, even, even as we're here and situated in, in Utah and the blessings of being situated, uh, yeah, that, that spiritual heavenly pilgrimage that we're all on is, is great word picture. In all your travels, Will, what would you say is the biggest issue that people are struggling with? I mean, you've talked with a lot of people yeah, from yeah. a variety of places across the country and around the world, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there was a big sh- shift in Western culture uh, at the end of uh, the 90s, and um, and we're just seeing the fruit of it. And uh, coupled with the technological advances, I mean, uh, our souls are being destroyed um, by distraction and relativism and subjectivity. Um, people's ability to define what's true is, is just uh, is a lost art. And yet, um, even though those are the issues, you know, the, the issues of what is true, what's not, um, the issues of my preference over your preference. So they must both be true. Um, what's exciting to see is God, God's not intimidated by our culture. This isn't God's, um, I, I don't mind, I don't mean to sound trite, but it's not his first rodeo. I mean, he's, he's the sovereign Lord of the universe. Um, and his, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And what's amazing is, uh, I think, I think a lot of people were thinking that this new era, which sometimes people called postmodernism was going to just swamp Christianity. And man, it's just like the false gospels of relativism or, you know, subjectivity. It just, it just leaves people bankrupt. And at the end of the day, they're like, wow, my sexual addiction doesn't satisfy. My materialism doesn't satisfy. Wow. I, my corporate climbing doesn't satisfy. Uh, go getting a cabin up in the woods doesn't satisfy. And here Christians are at the end of another wave of cultural change. And they hear they're still standing. So it's just saying, no, Jesus is Lord hmm. and Jesus satisfies and Jesus is sufficient. And he's more than enough to, to, to carry me all the way into eternity. And so I, I just feel like in one sense, I, I found myself right in the middle of it. I'm an eighties kid. Right. Right. And I was just watching the deterioration, deterioration of our culture at such a rapid rate. And I just found myself just so disheartened. And yet I'm find myself recently just going, no, nope, God's word's still true. Nope. Jesus satisfies. Nope. This world, this doesn't work. And, um, and so I, that's, that's kind of ties into even where we're going with summit meetings. I've been, I, I don't know if this, I could segue, but I just, uh, I was just burdened about proclaiming the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ, because that's the means by which we have a relationship with God, the father, but then the continuing, continuing effects of the gospel means that I can actually be at peace with others. Like, like there's, uh, I don't know how much uh, Guam feels the political up, you know, uproar that's happening in the mainland, but it's a wreck. I mean, there's yeah. so much anger and so much, what were you going to say? I was just going to say Guam feels it uh, intensely. We feel it from the mainland, but even on island, I mean, ev- everybody's just in turmoil and, and for sure here, you know, in fact, we've faced some more intensity in some ways of even some restrictions and all that. So it all ties in. They're feeling it for sure. We are feeling it for sure. So, but, but like, what's the answer? You know, I, I mean, it's like without Jesus, there can be no peace hmm. because it's, it's just your way or my way. We believe differently. So how do we bridge that gap 
so we can actually love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. That's through the gospel. And so I, I've been burdened to, you know, talk about the gospel in the morning, sun, on, on our first Sunday, but even that night, I want to, I want to speak on let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is the biblical basis for unity? Well, it's, it's really a humility, the humility of Jesus Christ. And then the next few nights, I want to talk about how Jesus Christ is sufficient for our spiritual growth. And then I want to talk about how Jesus Christ is sufficient for our gospel witness mm. and how at the end of it, we can all be effective followers of Jesus Christ. And so that's kind of my emphasis. It's a, it's a really a, a big, it, it, you know, Jesus is big theme or Jesus is enough theme. Um, and I hope that, you know, as we just try to break down what the word of God says, that people can come on out, that they can hear the messages. And I, I'm praying that they leave encouraged. Hmm. I'm praying that they leave going, you know what? We can make it through this season. God's not forgot about us. No, God's enough for us in this rough time. No, I can stay on mission. I can still be a disciple and I can still make disciples because Jesus Christ is big enough for this season. That's, that's my heart for it. Yeah. Amen. Jesus Christ is big enough. And in fact, he has created us for this time. This was not a mistake right. that we were put in this place. And so I know you're feeling this for sure, but there is a sense among some Christians that you know we're just overwhelmed by our culture and the future is so bleak. And I don't know what the future is going to look like culturally, but I know that we were made for this time. God prepared That's us right. for that. And I want to tell the next generation of my kids and their kids that that it's it's I don't feel dread about their future. There might be some challenges, right. but man, they were made for this. Yeah, and you know, if we if we go too far down that thought process about dread, I mean, it it really is a disservice to our brothers and sisters that are facing martyrdom even today. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's like somehow we've read into our Christianity and Americanism, like an Americanism, that that somehow. You know, the, the good Christian life is is where everything's happy and everybody likes us. Um, but I just, man, I, I've traveled too much. I've mm. seen too many of our brothers and sisters who, you know, are facing severe, real persecution. Right. Um, and so I, I'm right with you on that one, Gary. Well, we're excited about it. Uh, we're going to go on a journey together with you. Thanks for giving us a little <laughs> uh, pre-journey tour of that. Um Sunday morning, in fact, uh, I got some notes from you, Will. I, I just love this sort of introduction. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Uh, I think your title is We All Need Grace, Romans chapter 3, um, but this was your overview that you sent us. In life, we all have moments when we hit rock bottom. We feel there's no place left to go, and we fear our mistakes will drown us in despair. In those moments, what we need is for someone to throw us a rope. We need someone to pull us up out of the ocean of our depravity and show us grace. We need someone to show us free and unmerited favor. Man, I'm mm. excited to hear from God and what he's been teaching on that. Anything you want to kind of point us to? for That's a Sunday morning message, right? Oh, yeah. I would love it if the whole island could show up. Mm. <laughs> uh, now, I know we probably couldn't social distance, but the reason why I wish that is because out of Romans 3, is, is one of the most beautiful pictures to help us understand that we are not born with a right relationship with God. And 
I think we have a tendency to think then, okay, I'm not born with it. Well, then somehow I have to work for it. Hmm. But I think that even on the island of Guam, there's a lot of people who are worn out trying to find favor with God through their own strength. Hmm. And what we need is a miracle. You know, religion is basically where the guru is on top of the hill. And then I somehow have to climb up the hill. But true biblical Christianity is I don't have the strength to climb up the hill, but Jesus Christ sure does. And he walks down the hill. He picks me up and he carries me all the way back up to have mm-hmm. a relationship with God. And you're going to hear a message about God's grace on Sunday. And if you're tuning into this broadcast, I just want to personally invite you to, to come. I think some of us are worn out. I think we're worn out trying to keep the law. We're trying to, we're worn out because of our own sinful uh, desires, own heart. I want to share with us just how that we can have a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ alone. And he's sufficient for it. Awesome, man. Uh, we're looking forward to having you here just personally, uh, a fellowship, mm. and then we know that God has prepared you for this time here uh, in ministry. It's our summit meetings, and uh, man, we want to invite people to be uh, to come and join us, but thanks, Will, for making the trip. We'll look forward to seeing you in a couple of days. Sounds great. Thanks so much. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Once again, we want to invite you to our summit meetings, which are beginning this Sunday. We have a service at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Sunday morning. We'd love to see you at either of those. We do have Korean and Japanese translation during that 11 a.m. service. And then don't forget 6 p.m. Sunday evening and 7 p.m. Monday through Wednesday of this week. There are children's programs going on during that time as well. You can find out more at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.